I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Takshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello and welcome to another episode of All Things Policy. I am Saurabh Todi and I have with my colleague, Dr. Harshit Kukreja. And the idea of this uh, podcast uh, episode came up when we were just discussing how this these new ventures of uh, like e-commerce ventures, either it is to sell products like, uh, like on Amazon or Flipkart or e-pharmacies like uh, 1MG or other ride-sharing apps like Ula, Uber or Rapido, there has been a lot of opposition here and there against these apps, especially by the, the groups that like the higher use of these apps would likely to affect in terms of employment. So one, the most recent example is how the growing presence and growing popularity of uh, e-pharmacies is being opposed by a, the All India organization of chemists and druggists. So they have threatened a countrywide agitation against e-pharmacies. And the, the idea here is that they think that, you know, uh, like these need to be banned and these are against their interests. So I think it's, it's very fascinating, Harshit, that, you know, we, we see these opposition here and there. We also saw the, like, recently the Delhi government banned uh, bikes uh, on these ride-sharing apps. So, like, for, for example, on Rapido, because they were opposition by auto rickshaw unions. So, why do you think this opposition, let's say, it's, uh, regarding to e-pharmacies uh, stems from and, yeah. Yeah, so, sort of, thank you so much for having me. So, I don't think this is a very, sort of, a recent thing. Since the introduction of sort of any kind of e-commerce or online aggregators, marketplaces or platforms, there had been certain opposition to the change in status quo by the brick and mortar form of sort of all businesses. I remember when Amazon and everybody else was expanding, especially on sort of festivals like Diwali, Amazon Flipkart used to run like huge offers. There was a huge outcry by the brick and mortar stores, yeah. physical stores. And uh, they obviously could not compete in many aspects of cost and pricing. And uh, I think the people were also sort of getting really friendly to the idea of and getting sort of habituated to the idea and the comfort of ordering online. Yeah, and uh, coming to e-pharmacies, pharma, first of all, is uh, tends to be a highly regulated sort of industry. Obviously, you can agree or disagree on the... Uh, how effective the regulations are, but they are yeah. regulations. Uh, except the e-pharmacy part, there has been attempts to like bring regulation into the industry. The last comprehensive part attempt was in 2018. The government came out with certain rules and regulations, but they were not notified. And also there was new sort of drug and medical devices regulation bill in which one part had a component of sort of regulating e-pharmacies. It was not as comprehensive as the 2018 rules, but that has also not been sort of allowed till now. 
there is no sort of set regulation. The industry says it self-regulates a lot. And uh, I think anecdotally, and from whatever little data is available, the online pharmacies are much better regulated and they much better sort of adhere to good practices. Yeah, uh, and we also saw no, brick and like, mortar ones. Yeah, yeah please continue. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, we also saw that if you, if you see that, I think uh, when the 2018 rules were made, this industry, this apps were still very new. People didn't have as much acceptance. Even there was some kind of, uh, I guess, unsurety about regulation as well. But as we saw, like uh, these e-pharmacies were the backbone of uh, like uh, during COVID times, especially during lockdown, right? So when you do not, when you with these these apps like stepped up the game, but there was huge requirement. There was people quarantined at home, and there was. Uh, I mean, I am guessing there is a like a much broader uh, public acceptance of these e-pharmacies. I mean, and as you said that. Because these are e-pharmacies and there are big companies and it is like uh, regulated, they're more likely to also follow the rules that we make. You know, there's always this risk of uh, like uh, this uh, brick and mortar cannabis uh, shops selling like drugs without prescription or like either uh, people are self-medicating. So, you know, like all of these risks are in a way mitigated by uh, e-pharmacies. So do you see that like a higher public acceptance of e-pharmacies uh, will be able to kind of blunt this opposition by traditional stores or do you think that's not, not a factor really? I think uh, in the pandemic years and after the pandemic years, there has been first the need for sort of delivery and pharmacies on online have increased and there's also an increased acceptance. And yeah, I think the landscape has changed from 2018 till now. But even the 2018 rules were sort of, they were not anywhere looking to ban. They were looking to regulate. But I don't think the government's sort of tilt was towards restricting or banning or anything. Because they raised a very valid point that they can be better regulated and better managed than brick and mortar stores. And uh, for instance, a lot of, you can just walk to your neighborhood pharmacist and ask for maybe tell him your symptoms like vaguely tell me a symptom and he will give you some antibiotic instead of improper usually he'll cut the strip in half and give it to you in improper doses which leads to a lot of problems not limited to sort of antimicrobial resistance improper treatment and side effects and yeah so a lot of things you cannot do that online pharmacy uh, in a lot of online pharmacies at least in the big ones you have to upload prescriptions and then you can only get access to prescription-only drugs, but but you also have the risk, right? I mean, I mean, obviously, I I it seems that e-pharmacies are a like a much better option, at least in terms of reducing the excessive use of drugs, especially the, the ones that are not prescribed or are or like not prescribed by a doctor. But even in this e-pharmacies, you know, like uh, now these they say that if you want to order a like tablet or a drug which is only by prescription they will tell you that you know like like our doctors can call you and then like they can write you a prescription so in that case i mean how does that uh you know situation like uh pan out because in this case i mean so are we then kind of mixing e-pharmacies with telemedicine or is it just 
one of the ways to evade the requirement by e-pharmacies that you need to have a prescription. Yeah, I think these tactics are less uh, in sort of a way to provide you with consultation. They're more in sort of to evade uh, the regulations and rules around. And uh, these are right now sort of self-regulating and the rules around prescription drugs and everything. And uh, it is quite sort of counterintuitive. You should first get a drug prescribed, then buy it. You shouldn't first buy the drug and then justify the buying of the drug by getting a prescription. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's exactly what. So I, I guess like that's one uh, reason that you know, these uh, e-pharmacies have to be, you know, like very clearly regulated. Where just because you want to have a medication, you just have that uh, order in your card and then say, you know, like let's just have a call, like a call back from the doctor, like of these e-pharmacies. So, uh, I mean, would you say that uh, he gave us this scenario, I think, would you say that there is any chance that, you know, these e-pharmacies could be banned or at least their, you know, uh, operations are severely curtailed given that there is opposition here? I mean, do you see this opposition by the chemist and druggist association going anywhere? Or do you think this is just interest groups trying to push the government uh, one way? I mean, how do you see the future of these e-pharmacies? Yeah, I don't think. Sort of. Maybe this pressure from these groups will lead to certain changes. Because the main concerns of this, of in this case of uh, these associations and groups is First, loss of livelihood. And second, they say uh, they push sort of inappropriate medication and everything else, which is, I think, the opposite. Because a lot of your neighborhood uh, pharmacies much more likely to give you inappropriate medication for non-prescribed medication and drugs, sort of maybe even Schedule X drugs as compared to an online pharmacy. And in an online pharmacy, it is much easier to catch it is much easier to sort of oversee all this. And the first thing about jobs is, I think, when any sector changes. For instance, if you look at when uh, sort of online marketplaces uh, entered India, there was a lot of opposition from retailers that they lose jobs and everything. They also still do right. Every every season they they keep. I mean, during Diwali or like any major festival, the idea is that you know, like we are are livelihood is being impacted but I, I think there's also like a double-edged sword here in, in the sense that in one way you have more competition right so which allows the offline stores to you know compete with the online stores in which you know the consumer does benefit and at the same time I think if you have like the online stores where there's a lot better tracking a lot better regulation like for following up regulation you can track which batch of medication went where to whom and that also helps consumer because, you know, now you can like track which like batch went to which consumer. And, and so if there's any recall, if there's any side effect at all, I mean, that's much more easier yeah. to, tra- to track, right? Yeah. So e-records are sort of always better. Normally, you don't see sort of your neighborhood shop keeping very comprehensive records. Most A lot of times, you're not even given a bill. So there's no way they can track. Uh, that sort of badge of medications to you. But uh, yeah, so 
uh, there's opposition to any change, I think. So all these online platforms, when there's sort of creative destruction and uh, in, in any sort of like e-commerce and uh, when there's an uptake of e-commerce, I think everybody, except a few, obviously in any chain, there are a few uh, sort of people who lose. But uh, every sort of like all other people, they win. The consumers win. They have more choice. They have better prices. There's less information asymmetry. They get better service. And uh, it's all convenient. The companies also win because there's a consolidation of some supply chain. Now their profit margins are better. They're selling at better margins and everything. There are obviously a few losers, the middlemen, for instance, or the retailer or the distributor. Well, the sort of a middleman because the retailer was buying it from the distributor, distributor was buying it from the bigger distributor, the bigger distributor was buying it from the company, and the company was manufacturing it and selling it. So there was a share of profit which was taken up by everybody. But yeah, so sort of this is all about e pharmacies. What about for instance, uh, similarly, we, we were talking about maybe, yeah, the Delhi government's ban on Rapido. Yeah, so, I mean, this is, you know, like uh, all these, it's just uh, quite uh, fascinating because you see this, I mean, one example is you would have Uber or Ola or these ride-sharing apps in Google, for example, right? Because the opposition uh, to these ride-sharing apps in Goa is so high that, you know, the local unions have been able to convince the government that, you know, these ride-sharing apps should not be allowed to operate there. I mean, so you had these, you know, the taxi unions oppose uh, Ula, Uber, uh, like their cab services, then the auto drivers now are opposed to these bike rides. So I think this, this idea is what you said in terms of creative destruction, that whenever you have a new technology, there will be some winners and some losers. And I think the aim of the government or any regulation should ensure to, to, to kind of uh, ensure that the number of winners are much higher than the losers. And then the losers feel that even at least they have a stake as well in this change. So for example, I am guessing that if the e-pharma companies can kind of partner with offline uh, pharmacy retailers uh, to kind of, you know, like, that, that becomes like a point for them to ship uh, those uh, medications to customers. That could be one way of uh, trying to, you know, like bridge this gap in terms of ride-sharing apps. I mean, I think the fact that there is a huge requirement of these uh, bike-sharing, so you have Ola and uh, Uber and Rapido, all of these three have these bike-sharing options, which have been in use for a very long time. And there has been a huge demand by the customer as well. So this shows that these options are filling a gap which is like need, which needs to be filled. So any opposition by uh, vested interests may not, uh, you know, like uh, be in the best interest of the consumer. I am also not sure whether, you know, like given that these unions are a important political support base as well, how much can these also, you know, like um, how much can these be reined in? But the fact that, you know, it is uh, Delhi, the big, very big city, there is a huge requirement of these bike sharing uh, options, there is huge traffic. So e even, so if in that big city, like the government had to succumb to the pressure and ban these apps, I think that like does not really inspire confidence that, uh, you know, especially in the 
elections are due soon, uh, both at the national level and in some states, that uh, there would be any change. How do you see this? I mean, do you see that uh, like this kind of policy uncertainty will be there for next few months or at least until the elections? Or do you think we are kind of reaching a equilibrium where some states will allow them and some states won't? And then at the end, it is the consumer which will have to bear the cost of not having as much of a choice as it should. So, yeah, interesting fact, sort of a thing. Uh, I think one of our colleagues, Carl, made a prediction in the sort of the first week of Jan uh, ATP we did about what will happen. And he said some states will ban right chaining apps in some form. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe I think there will be further clarity down the line. And uh, eventually I see sort of liberalization of this policy. And I uh, that is obviously good for everybody. And uh, maybe with a few riders and uh, maybe with some conditions, maybe with some fair limits, maybe with some sort of limits on caps on surge pricing, which we don't support, uh, which don't make a lot of economic sense. But yeah, maybe with some kind of conditions, some kind of riders, we would see a lot of sort of states backtracking on whatever promises uh, they made. We hope, I think we hope that that would be a sort of a good policy instead of banning them and maybe uh, i think maybe some uh, companies will also fight these orders in courts so we'll see how how the policy stands yeah so, and i mean if you, if you see i mean i was just thinking that you know uh, uh when these big chains uh, of uh, lab testing came right dr nal bath labs renbexi and and so many of these chains i mean they also do the same thing right before you had to go to a lab and get yourself tested and you uh, had to you know like wait and everything now like there are so many options there are so many companies doing like home collection so that has helped both companies and consumers and in this case at least you don't see much of an opposition from uh, I think the traditional labs but I guess at least in that case like the the market is diffused enough that there is not enough vested interest that is a proper political unit to, you know, like uh, give any stiff opposition to this idea. So, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like that there's this clash between, you know, technology and the solutions that, that technology brings, especially e-commerce or, or different versions of it. It is trying to solve a problem which is there. It is trying to give consumers more choice. It is, it is trying to give kind of uh, a bit more of a competition to traditional like shops, which again helps them to improve their quality and their service and I guess this kind of back and forth is going to happen and it's going to stay there for a bit until we reach an equilibrium. I think like what we have reached now with at least e-commerce websites. You have the, I think the CEIT was up in arms regarding uh, Amazon and Flipkart I think a few years ago and then now when they see that you know there's a huge acceptance in public regarding these e-commerce apps now I think the opposition has like has gone down, not at least uh, in principle, but at least the talking point has shifted to some other issues. So with e pharmacies also, I think it, it may be the case. I was also thinking that you know maybe uh, with this push towards uh, trendy medicine and this need to kind of you know have digital health records and e consultations, all of this kind of you know like give kind of uh, impetus to e-pharmacies and then the liquid digitization of the health system as a whole. 
Yeah, I, I think you're quite correct. And uh, one of the sort of oppositions from the brick and mortar stores was that uh, all any sort of e-commerce platform was able to offer uh, sort of deep discounts, which were not viable in a physical form. And obviously it was because they were funded and there was money which was being put. So yeah, they could have offered. Uh, I think there are certain, now there are certain rules and regulations which don't allow you to give that deep discount. But yeah, I think in some form, all these sort of onboarding of our services and uh, commerce into an e-platform is needed and would be quite helpful. And eventually the government will uh, sort of liberalize all these rules yeah, and regulations that whatever temporary restrictions they've made. Yeah, I mean, and to, and to be honest, I mean, uh, my, my point is not to not say that, you know, like the e-commerce platforms, either pharmacy or everything, are like a solution to all problems. I mean, there there, there are deep, uh, like issues with these platforms as well. As you said, like, you know, offering deep discounts, doing like kind of a, like uh, having their own brands, which they then try to sell to the consumers at the expense of the sellers. So there are huge, uh, like many issues, but I, I guess the idea here is that there should be a common sense regulation uh, in which, like, the idea should be to seek an equilibrium between players on the e-commerce side and players uh, offline, in which, you know, everyone wins because there's more competition, there is more choices, and there is improvement in, in uh, inequality. So, thank you, Hushis, for being here. That's the time that we have. And it was a interesting uh, call conversation. And uh, hopefully, we'll see some movement in the regulation of e-pharmacies this year we're at least having a structured framework for how these should be regulated would uh, help uh, in uh, greater acceptance and a more regularized form of uh, e-commerce at least in the e-pharmacy sector right thank yeah. you thank you sort of thank you so much for having me thank you listeners for listening to us If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy, and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle, at takshashila.inst or our website takshashila.org.in